The European Central Bank raised interest rates and its inflation forecast when it met yesterday, sending the euro rallying across the board while the Bank of Japan met again for doing absolutely nothing. The US dollar fell on weak economic data, but the US stocks were again boosted by AI purchases. So welcome. This is Swiss Codes Daily Market Talk. So it was mostly a good day of trading for the global markets, except maybe for the European markets, which actually saw the European Central Bank raise its interest rates by 25 basis points as expected, but which also raised its inflation forecast unexpectedly. So despite the recent fall that we saw in the euro area inflation, the European Central Bank revised its inflation forecast and especially its core inflation forecast to the upside. So so the European policymakers now expect the core inflation in the eurozone to average past the 5% psychological mark, while in March projection, this forecast was only at around 4.6%. So this could sound a little bit counterintuitive because we actually have been seeing slower inflationary pressures and also slower activity across the eurozone recently. And we also know that the latest growth data in the eurozone even suggested a mild mild recession at the start of this year yet the strength of the european jobs market and the stickiness of the services and housing prices across the continent keep the european central bank officials alert as it is the case in the fed across the atlantic ocean and the ecb prepares the groundwork for a further rate hike in july and maybe maybe another one in the september meeting and at the wake of the ecb meeting yesterday the implied probability of a July hike from the ECB jumped from 50% to 80%, sending the euro dollar rallying. The pair rallied well past its 50-day moving average and hit 109.50 level and is up by more than 3% since the beginning of this month. Now, those who actually watch these episodes quite regularly know that I have been bullish for the euro dollar for so long and I have my medium-term target set at the 112 level and that's due to the divergence, growing divergence between a decidedly hawkish European Central Bank and the Fed, which has been quite weakened by the bank stress back in March and the tightening credit conditions in the US. And even though the Federal Reserve actually managed to shake off the stress of the regional banks and is kind of back in the battlefield fighting inflation again, it has actually less room to cover if we talk Christian Lagarde's language. Because even though this week's dot plot pointed at two more interest rate hikes from the Fed this year, inflation in the US is expected to trend lower and that would bring investors to think if the Fed didn't raise the interest rates when inflation was at 4%, why would they raise the interest rates when inflation falls to like 3% something range? And we could actually see the returning optimism from the Federal Reserve dose since yesterday. The Fed led questioning about the potential hawkishness didn't even last a day. The S&P 500 resumed its rally and surpassed the 4,400 mark at yesterday's trading session, while Nasdaq 100 extended its advance to the highest level since March last year. The AI-led buying, the AI-led purchases was at the heart of the yesterday's stock rally in the US again and pushed Microsoft to a fresh 
all-time high to the close. Note that the latest all-time high for Microsoft was before the Federal Reserve let sell off in the markets on November 2021. So Microsoft stock came a long way, not only recovered all of its past year losses, but went a notch higher as well to hit a record high. And even the shenanigans with the Activision acquisition that has been blocked everywhere in the world, nor the overbought market conditions, gave cold feet to investors for Microsoft for now. In the FX markets, the US dollar actually sank below its 50-day moving average yesterday, impacted by softening retail sales in the US, rising jobless claims, and slowing industrial production data, and of course, perhaps a, a broadly stronger euro as well, following the European Central Bank's higher inflation forecast at yesterday's monetary policy meeting. Now, rally in the euro-yen gained momentum above the 150 psychological mark as the Bank of Japan decided to do just nothing about its abnormally low interest rate policy, which seems even more anomalous these days when you think that the rest of the major central banks like the Fed, European Central Bank, RBA, BOC are either hiking the interest rates or say they will continue hiking the interest rates. So dollar-yen is back about the 140 mark as traders see actually really a reason to buy the Japanese yen when the Bank of Japan outlook remains this blurred and this uncomprehensible, really. I mean, some investors even expected at least a wider yield curve control policy to the 1% mark, but the BOJ didn't even bother to make a change on that front. Now, the good news is, well, Japanese stocks actually do benefit from the softer Japanese yen and this ample Bank of Japan monetary policy and consolidate gains near their 33-year high levels, the overbought market conditions in the Nikkei index, and and the idea that Japan will just one day in our lifetime normalize its interest rates could actually lead to some profit taking at these levels. But it's also true that the Japanese companies, uh, which are active in geopolitically sensitive sectors like defense and semiconductors, have been the major drivers of the Japanese rally this year. And there is, at this point, no reason for that appetite to change or to reverse when the geopolitical landscape remains this tense and uncertain. The former U.S. Secretary of State just said yesterday that he believes that a conflict between China and Taiwan is likely if tensions continue their current course. Now, elsewhere, crude oil rebounded past the $70 per barrel level again, as the IAA warned earlier this week that the crude markets could tighten significantly as the Chinese consumption rebounds if it ever rebounds, of course. But they also warned that the global oil demand is still nearing its peak levels and that global demand will start weakening over the next few years, given that the high energy prices and the Ukrainian war actually do accelerate the transition from fossil fuel to alternative and greener energy sources. The thing is, energy transition or not, big oil companies continue focusing on fossil fuel because well, it's simply highly profitable and nothing can compete with that for now. And so instead of investing more in anything like greener, Shell, for example, prefers distributing higher dividends to its investors and recently raised dividends by 15 
0.2%. Shell of course reiterated its pledge to achieve net zero emissions by 2050 blah 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 because it has well no choice but to seem at least a little bit more concerned about the climate change and you know the worries regarding the climate change but the company didn't really present a clear plan to achieve that target to say how uh, they see no emergency in shifting to anything cleaner for now and it's quite fair enough now their goal is to make money and fossil fuel still brings a lot of cash on the table and energy companies are still a very very good play in the actual environment of high inflation around the world as they actually pay dividends while investors patiently wait for the Chinese rebound to finally hit the fan and if nothing Donald Trump promised to end support for electric cars if he won elections next year in the US how nice Anyway, the Chinese monetary stimulus actually backed further gains in copper futures these days, even though the Chinese government is not expected to splash fiscal money on the market to boost growth in China as it used to do in the previous years, while the Hansang index rallied past the 50-day moving average and cleared the year-to-date downtrending channel top as a sign that the latest efforts of monetary loosening in China have actually started bearing fruit but if you believe that the Chinese growth or the Chinese rebound will accelerate sometime in the second half of this year it is certainly a better idea to actually increase your exposure indirectly to China via energy and commodities or energy and commodity companies and why not European luxury brands than investing directly into the Chinese equities and into the Chinese bonds which obviously do carry that extra political and geopolitical risks. So this is all for this week. I'm Ipekos Kardeshke and thank you for joining me and thank you for all your supportive and interesting comments. I hope this episode of Market Talk has also been helpful and insightful to you. So please do not hesitate to leave your comments, your reactions and your questions below as usual. And follow us on Instagram, on Twitter and on LinkedIn for regular market updates and subscribe of course to our youtube channel for daily market comments i will meet you again next week and until then good day trading and have a lovely weekend